1: It's time to dominate your fantasy league. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. A waiver wire week unlike any other.
0: This is the masters of waiver wire weeks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show going into week eight. And isn't that the, you got a curious look on your face. Isn't that the line for the Masters, Dave, a tradition unlike any other? Yeah,
2: this that's the line for the Masters. I don't know if this is like, I don't know if the Wave wire deserves <laughs> that kind of intro. <laughs> I, I
0: think that it's guy? pretty crazy. Okay. I mean, when you have, look, obviously some, none of these guys are available at he's That guy's back for this show. But Michael Carter, Gus Edwards, <laughs> the Carolina running backs. Uh, Tyler Algier, maybe you got, like, there's some, there's some guys out there that, uh, you might be having some serious running back considerations this week. I don't know, Jamie, is this the, uh, the masters of, uh, waiver wire weeks?
3: No, uh, it's not, but it's, um, it's a good waiver wire week for running backs. If you were not able to make some ad drops last week, when some of the moves happened, certainly the Christian McCaffrey move. Opening up the Panthers, guys. Uh, Gus Edwards. If you weren't able to get him prior to Sunday, um, yeah. So yeah, Michael Carter is is, is still available in, in a lot of ten team leagues. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, and obviously we have the James Robinson trade. Um, Jamie tried to sucker me into A bonus podcast. No, no, no. Day. You, owe everybody, apology. <laughs> Apologize I, now. I couldn't do it. I could. We didn't need to do a bonus podcast for that. You know, and, and you need now, to apologize. I'm not apologizing. I, right. I, I had I couldn't do it. But this is our bonus podcast. We're reacting to the James Robinson trade. So we got the Chargers and the Chiefs on by this week. The news that we're following: Brees Hall obviously out for the year. Not only does that torn ACL though, is the meniscus damage too, which is which stinks. But they acquired James Robinson for a sixth round pick that could become a fifth round pick. Amonra St. Brown expected to play this week. Debo Samuel day-to-day with a hamstring injury. Mike Williams is going to miss some time. They're on a bye this week, but we'll make the case for Josh Palmer, who comes back and has some tasty matchups after the bye. Uh, Cleveland is reportedly listening to trade offers on Kareem Hunt and cornerback Greedy Williams. Cam Akers could still get traded very soon. Russell Wilson, good chance to start this week in London against the Jaguars. We're looking at Corey Davis, who's day-to-day, and Elijah Moore, who's back with the team. These guys could be waiver-wire options for you. Garrett Wilson could be, too. Uh, DK Metcalf out indefinitely with a knee injury. They haven't even ruled him out for this week against the Giants, but Marquise Goodwin caught two touchdowns. TJ Hawkinson's got got an injury. David Njoku's out two to five weeks with an ankle. Ryan Tannehill's questionable for this week. PJ Walker's going to start. The Patriots haven't committed to a quarterback. The Saints haven't committed to a quarterback. The Colts benched Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger. So he's going to start, hopefully for them, rest of season. That's their goal. Chuba Hubbard, we're going to call him questionable right now with an ankle injury. It didn't seem like a big deal, but they're going to monitor that. And Van Jefferson is probably going to play this week for the Rams along with center Brian Allen and cornerback Troy Hills. They are going to get healthier coming out of their bye. All right, so those are the storylines. Let's get the top three waiver wire priorities. Jamie, who do we have in the threshold we use? Is 65% rostered? That's anyone below that in CBS Sports Leagues, which means on ESPN and Yahoo. Those guys are going to be usually like in the 40%. So with that said, who are the top three priorities this week?
3: Gus Edwards is number one. Uh, Now that it's a a muddy situation for the Jets, it would have been Michael Carter if they had not made the trade. Uh, I'll put Carter too. And then three is pick your favorite Panthers running back. Uh, If you're concerned about Chuba Hubbard's ankle, then go with Deontay Foreman. If you're not, then go with Chuba Hubbard.
0: Dave, your thoughts on the top three priorities?
2: I don't know if there's a slam dunk top three, but Jamie's kind of got the right idea. I've got Foreman first. I just think he's got the best rest of season appeal, but he's only available in 36% of leagues. He's got Atlanta in two of his next three games. Chuba Hubbard would be behind Gus Edwards. Gus is next. I think Gus can help you in the short term at Tampa Bay on the short week, and he's got fresh legs, so I like him. Then he's got New Orleans, then the bye, and then Carolina. I, I'm just wondering how much will he share? Will he ever get to a place where he's the guy and the number two running back is Justice Hill playing just on specific long passing downs? And then what happens if Dobbins comes back? So, if you're really looking just short-term, yeah, I'd probably put Gus at the top of the list. But if it's long-term, I think Deontay Foreman's got the better chance to help you. Carter's behind the Panthers running backs for me. Uh, Latavius would be next up after him.
0: So, man, there's so much to talk here because, we first of all, we've only discussed running backs. We'll give you some wide receivers and quarterbacks uh, if you have Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, uh, of course. And well, obviously, we'll give you every position. But uh, running backs are the headliners this week. I don't even know where to start. I think we got to start with the Jets situation here because, David, it seems like the James Robinson trade changed a lot for you. Jamie, you, you moved Carter to number two behind Gus Edwards, but, David, it seems like you have Carter number three now, or four, actually, Foreman, mm-hmm. Edwards, Chuba, Carter. So it seems like this was this made a pretty big impact for you, uh, the acquisition of James Robinson.
2: I think it's just a team that wants to be good at running the football but probably will be less good at it without their best offensive player think about what's happened to Michael Carter since I don't know maybe since he got recruited out of high school goes to North Carolina was a pretty good prospect coming out had to share with Javante Williams goes to the NFL gets drafted by the Jets has to share with like Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson okay second season's coming up he's going to be good nope the Jets go ahead and draft Brees Hall in round two they trade up to get Brees Hall as well Reese Hall gets hurt. Okay, now it's Michael Carter's time to be the guy. And then they trade for James Robinson. I feel like it's it's just always going to be a case where Carter's going to have to split. I don't see a path for him to be the main guy. unless Well, look, there is a path. Robinson has to continue on this downward trend that he's been on since week four. And or he's got a knee injury, theoretically. If that's a serious thing, he misses time. Okay, then Carter's got to play a lot. So... That's all well and good, but this offense isn't great. Their offensive line took another hit; they lost another starting offensive tackle. I don't know how many starting offensive tackles a team can lose in the first like two and a half months of a calendar, or not the calendar season, but since training camp opened. But the Jets have somehow done it, and it's it it could get tough for Carter. I know he's a great pass catcher out of the backfield. He's working with a quarterback right now that doesn't throw to his running backs very much. So I don't see great upside for Carter. And for however long Robinson's healthy, that's going to be the guy that's going to grind down games in the fourth quarter when they're winning. That's going to be the guy working in short yardage goal line situations. We we talk about empty, empty touches. And I think Carter's going to be a victim of that.
0: Yeah, so in the four starts that Zach Wilson's made, running backs have an 18% target share, which I think is okay. If it's all Carter, basically, that'd be fine. If it's Carter and oh, yeah. Ty Johnson, that would be, I guess, a problem. Uh, Carter's metrics just not nearly as good as they were last year. He was a pretty good running back last year, but uh, has struggled this year. But I would say he has not struggled as much as James Robinson, uh, Jamie. And, and by the way, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Zach Wilson not really throwing to his running backs. He's not really throwing to anyone lately. He's barely throwing. But I've got to feel like the Jets' fortunes are going to change just without Brees Hall. He's just been such a key player for them. Um, now, Jamie, what do you think about this? How much of a downgrade was this for Michael Carter? And and also tell us, what is James Robinson's value? And then real quick, what is Travis Etienne's value? Uh, but yeah, give me your thoughts. Yeah.
3: Travis is the NZZ winner. I mean, he's a slam dunk starter week in, week out now. Um, You know, it's just a matter of is he a number one running back or number two. It depends on the matchups that he's facing. But, you know, he's going to get as much work as he can handle, and that's a great sign for the people who actually invested in him with a third or fourth round pick. You're going to get rewarded handsomely as long as he's healthy. Um, Obviously, this is an upgrade for both of the new Jets running backs because now Carter gets a chance to play more to whatever extent because Michael uh, James Robinson is not pre Hall. So Carter's going to get an opportunity to see the field more than he had been with Hall active. Um, I believe eventually James Robinson will be the better of the two Jets running backs. In the short term, Carter will be better because he's the one familiar with the playbook and clearly the one that they're going to lean on for this week. So we'll see what happens coming out of the Patriots game. Because most likely, I don't think the Patriots are going to get blasted again like they did by the Bears, however surprising that was. I'm sure they'll uh, reevaluate some things and know that they have to make Zach Wilson uncomfortable and make him throw. Zach Wilson clearly is not Justin Fields. not going to do the same things that Fields did. So I think that um, Carter has the ability to be a borderline number two running back in PPR, uh, flex at best, or flex at worst. Um, You know, not somebody that's a slam dunk starter, but I would start him over Robinson this week. Um, And Robinson gets an upgrade because, you know, he was getting a little bit phased out. You know, whether that was, again, a result of them maybe trying to keep him healthy and fresh to, facilitated trade i don't think they were playing to trade with the jets but i think that's something that could have been in the works that they were looking to move him to another team So that's probably why he didn't play so this knee injury I, I don't know how much we can buy into he did play 12 snaps against the broncos uh in week seven so i'm gonna be excited about robinson with this move uh comparatively to where he was with the jaguars i'm gonna be excited about michael carter with this situation because he has a chance to be the lead running back for the jets if he can prove to be better than robinson so both guys get an upgrade
0: I'm going to make a case for Chuba Hubbard here as uh, the top guy. Uh, just a case. Not saying that this is what I do. But I think he's going to work more on passing downs than Deontay Foreman. He was kind of their third down back. It wasn't quite clear. They both ran similar amount of routes. But these two guys, Foreman and Hubbard, combined for 12 carries in the first three quarters. And then they combined for 12 carries in the fourth quarter in a game that they actually blew out the Bucks. And well, Foreman, Hubbard
2: left with an injury.
0: Yes, and Hubbard had one of those twelve, and Foreman had eleven. Before okay. Hubbard got hurt, uh, Foreman had uh, Hubbard had nine carries, and Foreman had six. So it's not even clear. Like if you look at the final box score, you see fifteen carries for Foreman, you see nine for Hubbard. But Hubbard actually was out carrying Deontay Foreman before he left with an injury. And I expect him to be more involved in the passing game. And I expect that to be a more valuable role for the Panthers going forward because I still think they stink. I think they're one of the worst teams in football. Um, mm. not, that, not defensively, but overall, because their offense right. is going to be so bad. Uh, so that, that's I'm going to make the case for Hubbard, to me, over Foreman, um, I you know and everybody's got flaws. Like Gus Edwards just doesn't catch the ball, and now he missed he missed what was you know, listed as a practice yesterday. Well, they didn't practice, but they have a short week, and he's got this returning from a knee injury. And the way they use J.K. Dobbins, this makes me like a little nervous of what they're gonna do with Gus Edwards this week. Um, everyone's got flaws. everyone's got flaws here. So I think you know Hubbard's got a case. you like Foreman the best, Dave. I mean it is kind of interesting that, that it, there, it's not going
2: there's not a consensus here anyway. So I like Foreman the best from the from the perspective that he can help you the most the rest of the season. And you can you're right about Hubbard being the passing downs guy. He played all eight of their uh, third and fourth downs through the first three quarters because he got hurt early in the fourth quarter. So he's going to be that guy. Foreman will be like what I talked about with James Robinson, but a little bit more so. He's going to be the short yardage guy for Carolina. How many times will they be in short yardage situations? Probably not that many. He could be the running downs guy on top of it. And I'll tell you what, he had a couple of really nice runs. The offensive line did a really nice job for him. It's kind of funny how it all happened and that it happened against Tampa. And I do think a lot of it, I think a lot of the blame should go on the Bucs defense. I think they made the Panthers Maybe look a little bit better. The concern that I have for Gus, I already mentioned it. J.K. Dobbins could be back eventually. What does that do to Gus's work? What does that do to 12, Gus's though. work? Huh? That's not until week 12, though. Right. He's a short-term fix. If you're looking for someone just to get you by. say short-term, that's that's five games. Right. Well, eight, nine, ten. He's got a buy in there. It's four. I, I think that Gus Make is still going to be the more. guy if you need a short-term. If you're looking more long-term, it's Deontay. It's what I said.
3: Yeah, I would go. I'm with you, Adam. I would take Hubbard over Foreman, too. I think, you know, if if Foreman looked great and hopefully can continue to do this, but I feel like exactly what you said, they're not going to be in those situations very often. And Hubbard looked better than him in the beginning part of the game. Um, his role in the passing game should continue. And if if you told me right now that Hubbard's got no issues with the ankle, it's easily Hubbard over Foreman.
0: Do you view any of these players as must start options going forward? Not necessarily for this week, but um,
3: Gus is a slam dunk in non-PPR.
2: Yeah, I think he, it's kind of by default, right? Because there's just there's not a lot of running backs. No, it's because
3: of what his role is on this team. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. No, I get
2: it. I get it. With with Dobbins, uh, and, with and I like Gus a lot this week too. You know, are so, yeah, you nervous about I what I right. what I said
1: about
0: Gus Edwards the short week? And- I
3: I don't think so because so what what we saw from Dobbins in his first action coming off of uh, the puplist was they were very, very cautious with him. They were not the same with, with Edwards.
0: I think they were first not super back. cautious. Well, I, I thought, uh, oh, is the first game back they were cautious with him? With Dobbins? Yeah, I, th- I thought yes. it was the second game back. Okay, okay, okay.
3: Now, uh, the short week, yes, that, that could be if, they're, if he has any issues, but we haven't seen anything aside from what the injury report is, but as you noted, which is always the case on a short turnaround, they list almost everybody, every team. Right. With these with yeah. these designations that have some sort of issue. Right.
2: What was it on Monday? What was the designation? It was limited because limited they just have eight. to give
3: a a yeah. report that's not accurate because they don't practice.
2: I, you know what? I think that's even better news because if they had listened to him as as someone who wouldn't have practiced if they actually had a practice, that might have been like a, a little bit of pause. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: But
2: the fact that they said he would have been limited if he had practiced, coming off of what he's come back from, uh, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of excited about Gus this week.
0: Okay. It's funny because uh, if you see their next two games are Tampa Bay and New Orleans, and then I think a bye, you know, in the last four years, you'd be like, oh, run away. Terrible. But New Orleans has a terrible run defense this year so far. Tampa Bay has been very inconsistent. Okay. So I think we need to talk about who to drop for these guys to sort of put them in perspective. And we do have to talk about all the other positions as well. So we'll get to that. We have a live stream tonight. It's an exclusive YouTube live stream, youtube.com slash fantasy football today, where you can see all of our podcasts, by the way, live and on demand. But this one is uh, live at 8 p.m. Eastern. I don't think I'm going to be on this one tonight. I think it's going to be Frank and Dan. 8 You're p- taking another night off? Uh, wow. We yeah, have plans for several months to do some Halloween stuff with the kids. We're going to see the pumpkin blaze or something like that. The jack-o'-lantern blaze. It's kind of cool. Um, anyway, join us tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern on youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday. And FFT in 5 is the five-minute version of this show, hosted by Chris Towers. If you don't have a lot of time and you just need some quick fantasy football info, check out Fantasy Football Today in 5. So I got this email from Jeff from a city originally called Yerba Buena.
2: Uh, It's Detroit.
0: (laughs) It's San Francisco. Uh, Jeff from Yerba Buena said... Gus Edwards, Antonio Gibson, and both Panthers running backs are on my waiver wire. How many of Eno Benjamin, Brian Robinson, and Kareem Hunt would you drop for these guys? This happened, Let's just call it half PPR. This happens to be a third PPR, but we'll call it half PPR. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of putting them in perspective who to drop. Gus Edwards, Antonio Gibson, who's about 74% rostered in CBS leagues, and both Panthers running backs. Would you drop Eno Benjamin, Brian Robinson, and Kareem, and or Kareem Hunt for them?
2: I don't think I would. I would consider Benjamin.
0: I would consider
3: Benjamin because it could be messy when Connor comes back. Um, I would consider Robinson because I think Gus Edwards is a better version of Brian Robinson in the offense that he plays in. Um, And if Hunt does not get traded, but you can't make that decision now, you don't know that now. But if Hunt does not get traded, then all these guys are potentially better than him. So if you're banking on a Hunt trade and not knowing where he goes, then, then yes. But if you're trying to get Gus Edwards, I would drop Brian Robinson for him for sure. Um, if you're trying to get the Panthers running backs, maybe drop, you know, Benjamin. Um, you know, three weeks from now, we could be saying Benjamin's worthless if Connor is is back to anything sem- resembling what he was. I mean, you know, ben, you know, Benjamin had one good game against a bad run defense so far on a Thursday night.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he showed flashes before then, and Connor looks so bad. Well, I agree
3: before, with you, but it's, it, it could be messy.
2: Oh oh I, I think what we would see when Connor's ready to play is a split, but I don't think they go completely away from Eno Benjamin. Uh, did you said what half PPR?
0: Yeah, this was just a hypothetical. It happens to be if, a third. If it's
4: PPR. half PPR,
3: I'm dropping them all for Gus. If it's non PPR, I'm dropping them all for Gus. If it's full PPR, I probably would hold Kareem Hunt. I would hold uh Eno and I would drop Robinson for uh for Gus and for Hubbard.
2: Yeah.
0: And you got to think, I mean, it's very realistic for, for Gus Edwards to have a 14 carry 65 yard, no touchdown, no catch game. And you just got 6.5 points in PPR, which is terrible. Yeah. You know, so you got to keep that in mind. These, not, sure. these are not, but that's locker. basically
3: what Brian Robinson just gave
2: you. with Right. A carry game. right. right. Oh, that's, sure.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I wasn't disputing what
3: you were saying. I was and, just, and that was pretty close to what Kareem Hunt gave you with a touchdown.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. We'll talk about some, some more players here. Quick schedule alert. Evan Ingram, 61% roster. I don't know how you guys feel about him. He's got three straight games with nine or more PPR fantasy points. This upcoming week looks bad. Denver has been really good against tight ends. They've held Kittle, Waller, Gerald Everett to fewer than 30 yards. Uh, but after that, Everett Ingram's matchups are against teams that currently rank 29th, 25th, 21st, 28th, and 24th against tight ends. There is a bye week in there, but just want to throw that out there on Evan Ingram. I'm going to give you some free advice that you didn't ask for. Pick up Tyler Bass. He is 67% rostered. He is the Bills kicker. He is very good, and you don't have to drop every kicker for him, but you might want to just take a look at Tyler Bass. He's not Daniel Carlson like last week, but pick up Tyler Bass. All right. Let's get into the other positions here, and then we'll talk fab. We'll give you shallow league options, deep league options. We'll recap last night's game, which may have been surprising to some. But I think the Patriots kind of stink. Didn't think they'd lose necessarily, but man, Aikman and Buck were like, oh, "Didn't I don't think the Patriots thought they were going to be in this kind of game." And Buck and then Buck was like, "Oh, they're shocking the Patriots tonight." What? No, come on. How
3: think you watch that broadcast? I love them. Time. I
0: think they're terrific broadcasters.
3: They're great, but the Mannings are so much better.
0: Were they on last night, the Mannings? Oh, it
3: was so great.
0: Yeah, oh. they're they're always great. But I, I I like the traditional. I'm a broadcaster guy. I love broadcasters. Except for one guy who called a baseball series this year was some of the worst broadcasting I've ever heard. I think y'all know who I'm talking about. All right, top three at each position. Uh, Jamie, who are the quarterbacks we're we're looking at?
3: So you probably will dispute this based on how you uh, scoffed at your own quarterback on FFT yesterday, but Daniel Jones is one. Um, Justin Fields, not for this week, but for the next three weeks is two. And then I have Jameis Winston three with the hope that he takes over the starting job again and can start to play like the guy that we were expecting this season, with hopefully a healthy, healthy receiving core. There's not a slam dunk this quarterback that I have to have for this week, aside from Daniel Jones. I think he does worth using as a streamer against the Seahawks and the next three games, next two games after that are, are not horrible after as well. All
0: right, Daniel Jones at Seattle, uh, Justin Fields against the Cow- at the Cowboys. Not about this week. Right, right. Don't use him this week. Right and uh, New Orleans hosts Las After that Vegas. That's when he gets Miami, Detroit, and Atlanta. We're hoping Jameis Winston is the quarterback. They have not announced that. So, Correct.
3: Dave. But, but I'll, tell, I'll tell you this, though. The way I have it in the story is, if you don't get Winston, you want to pivot to Dalton. Not that you're going to get the same amount of pass attempts like you got last week. But if they do, you see what the Andy Dalton experience can be. Even with the three interceptions, still a top five quarterback this week.
0: Okay. Who's th- So how high is Daniel Jones or Dave, whoever your highest waiver wire quarterback, is how high are they ranked this week?
2: Uh don't Dalton is the highest ranked for this week, but it, I don't know if he's going to be the starter, which is why I can't recommend, you know, using your first waiver claim on a Saints quarterback if you needed a quarterback. I get where Jamie's coming from yeah, on Daniel Jones being the guy because you know he's going to play and you know he's got a great matchup. Mm. So giving I'm- him the nod, oh, you don't think so? Well, I think... I'm- Okay, first of all, just just so I don't
0: forget, are we talking a top-12 guy, a top-15 guy, a top-18 guy? What are we talking about? I, I think I'm, right, top
2: well, I'm close to my top-12.
0: Daniel Jones uh, is top-12 for Jamie. Dalton's close for Dave. Okay. Right. No, I just want to say, Seattle's only given up one big game to a quarterback this year. I think it was Goffey at over 40 points. Yep. Uh, no one else has really torn them up. They have a history of being horrible defensively every year to start and then becoming pretty good. It's starting, maybe happening a a little bit earlier this year, but the last two weeks against the Cardinals and the Chargers, they've been pretty good. And the thing I said about Daniel Jones was that he's not really a matchups guy because everything for him is about his rushing totals. You're lucky if he throws... Yeah, oh yeah, third most rushing yards in, in the NFL among quarterbacks. I think fourth most per game just behind, basically tied with Jalen Hurts for third. Uh, so it's Jackson Fields, Jones, Hurts are your top 4 in rushing yards. Uh yeah, it just, you know, he throws if you're lucky if he throws for 200 yards. It, it, it's all about the rushing. So that's why like I was like, oh, great matchup. I don't even know if it is a great matchup, and I don't even know if it matters for Jones honestly. I mean, can you buy that? I get what you're know, He's
3: it? not he's not a slam dunk top 12 quarterback. This position falls off pretty quickly when everybody's active. <laughs> and then right. now you're taking out Mahomes and Herbert. Yeah. So it's uh it's it's a little bit of a crapshoot, but I think you're just looking at it's uh I, I think five of six with at least thirty seven rushing yards, um two of those where he's been above sixty rushing yards, you know. So he's he's getting that floor for you, which is pretty nice to to bank on. The ceiling has been hard to deal with because he hasn't been above twenty consistently. Because like you said, he hasn't he only has two games with over two hundred passing yards, but. I think if you're just looking at how this game could potentially unfold, if the Seahawks offense shows up and this game gets a little bit back and forth, then maybe you have an opportunity here to see this uh, more high scoring than you might anticipate. So I don't mind Daniel Jones. You could say there's five other quarterbacks that could be better than him. James Winston was starting. I would put him ahead of him. We're not ranking James Winston yet. So,
0: okay. Okay. So saints quarterback is So, so Jamie would put James. I would
3: put Daniel Jones over Dalton. I would put Winston over Jones.
0: Okay, and since Dave already has Dalton ahead of Daniel Jones, I assume you'd put Winston over Jones, too, if Winston's still Of course.
2: Yeah. And here's the other thing. How many teams are on by this week? Two. Okay, so there isn't going to be some crazy rush. Now, no one is, like, heartbroken over losing Matt Ryan. He wasn't a week-in, week-out must-starter. If you, if you value somebody like P.J. Walker and you could see yourself starting him against Atlanta, they've allowed... Six quarterbacks this year to get at least 20 fantasy points. If you could stomach, if you could stomach that, you could definitely stomach Daniel Jones. You could definitely stomach Justin Fields. And if that's the case, why not go after Jameis Winston for nothing? Because no one's going to chase him off your waiver. You, you can make him your third or fourth priority. Hope that he comes back. If he doesn't, you're going to drop him and go get whatever's left of. And I think I'd rank it this way. I think I'd honestly rank it because I'm I'm getting cold feet on Daniel Jones already. Dalton, Walker, Jones-Fields, and it's close between those two. Remember, oh, Jones had a great game last week, a lot of rushing. Before that, 20 or fewer fantasy points every game.
0: Well, yeah, 20. I mean, hallelujah if you get 20 from your waiver wire guy. But you right, he, has, he hasn't been very good. Um, all right, so, yeah, we'll come back to that a little bit later, give you some more names, but I think those are the main guys. You know, it's funny. My, my wife was looking at the waiver wire in her league, this morning Your wife. <laughs> she was, she showed me a screenshot of who was available. Daniel Jones, all these guys we're talking about were available. And so were Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford. It's like, God, I don't even know what I would do. I need some time to think about that. Do I, do I go with Daniel Jones over Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford this week? Yes. Ugh, Easily.
2: No, uh, maybe over Wilson.
0: Easily over those guys. All right. Running back, running back. I think we covered running back. Just rewind, but it's, You know, It's the group of Gus Edwards, Michael Carter, the Panthers running backs at the top of the list, um, and Latavius Murray would be behind them. Okay, and we'll give you deep deep league auctions in a bit. I'm going to skip running back here. Wide receiver. uh, Dave, who
2: are the top wide receivers to get? I might be missing some names, so forgive me, but I I think it's a little underwhelming at wide receiver this week. I've got Mooney at the top of the list. He's 41% available. And I know he didn't have a good game last week, and he might get shut down next week, but Jamie talked about the Bears' schedule after week eight. Uh, so he's at the top for me. Wandale Robinson is next, provided that he's healthy. I love him in PPR especially. And then here's the order that I have after those two. It's Josh Reynolds, Paris Campbell, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. These are not exciting names, but I think Reynolds might actually be the best one of the bunch just because of what he's done prior to week seven. Uh, and I, it sounds like St. Brown will be back, but I think you can get him with your second or third waiver claim. Cause I don't think there's much excitement for him. And I do think that he can be a better player and a better fantasy contributor uh, starting this week.
0: Josh Reynolds. Okay. How about Josh Palmer? You've rather Reynolds or Palmer Palmer's on a buy, obviously, but Mike White's Palmer's be, on a buy. You're going to be wait. out for a bit. Um, yeah, I don't know if savvy, if you're savvy, then, you know, I don't know if you want, if you have a savvy, we
2: absolutely
3: pick up Palmer over those guys.
2: Well, Even hey, though you can't use him for a week?
3: I'm not using Reynolds anymore. I'm not using Darnold Mooney this week. I mean, I don't trust those guys.
2: DPJ,
0: Donovan Peoples-Jones. All right, first of all, you got Najoku yeah, out.
3: I, I take Peoples-Jones over Mooney and, and
2: Reynolds, too.
0: And the thing is, he's got 70 or more yards in three straight games. And he's got the lowest, by far, the lowest aid out of his career. So he's not just Donovan Peoples Jones, not just a deep ball guy. He's got about a 10 yard A dot, which is nice, healthy A dot, but it used to be like 15. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Shows up every week with, uh, you know, 12, 13. He hasn't scored, but he's tied for the it's team. 11, it's 11
3: PPR points or more in three or four games. Like you said, he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this season. Uh, there's probably going to be some more target opportunities now without Njoku on the field, who is getting seven targets per game. Maybe that all goes to Harrison Bryant. We'll see. Maybe more goes to Cooper. Uh, but he's just like you said; he's just showing up and and producing, and probably going to be chasing points again this week. So uh, I don't mind him as a number three receiver.
0: Dave, I didn't; I wasn't even trying to dispute what you were saying. I was just making the. It's case. It's all good. It's no, okay. I was making the case for opinion. the other
2: guys. Um, what I'm checking on right now is is uh, People's Jones A. Dot the last three weeks. Okay. It's been thirteen point one, fifteen point eight last week against Baltimore was nine point eight, so it it started to break out a little bit which is what I thought was happening. And it's in line with what he's been doing. The production's been good. Because every time I've gone back and watched him, it, it, it's felt like it's been one or two big plays that's helped pushed up his, his fantasy numbers. And you just have to hope that that continues. He's on my list. He's in my top five. He's just not at the top. Okay.
0: And uh, is there a must-have, gotta-have him wide receiver for you guys, even if it's not for week eight, but for rest of season, available on waivers? If Wandale is healthy, 100%.
2: Okay. So go and grab him. He targets, six catches in the first half.
0: Yeah. It's really, you got to, you got to note that he seemed like he really struggled in the second half, possibly because of the injury. So the numbers, right? He started, it looked aggressive. like he grabbed
3: his groin, maybe, you know, or, or something. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that he tried to play through it. But, uh, um, you know, for a guy that missed, you know, uh, five weeks, four weeks, whatever it was with a knee injury after getting hurt in week one, you got to keep an eye on that. But um, if he's healthy and the way, the way, the way this receiving core looks like right now, um, buy all day long
0: okay yeah and the only i think the only issue is that if you're not going to use him at seattle this week then he has a buy so it's, that's the only but you, most of these guys are going to be dealing with buys coming up in recent weeks uh jamie who are the top tight ends to get
3: uh this is a fun group um greg dolchitz you know with the hope that he continues to build on what he's done the first two games uh interesting matchup this week against jacksonville My favorite streamer for this week would be Irv Smith because the Cardinals stink. I'll go back to what I said about Jawan Johnson last week and that, you know, he just took advantage of it. And hopefully Irv Smith does as well. It's a little bit more tricky because Johnson benefited with everybody being out in New Orleans. But um, the Cardinals just, you know, once again, bleed fantasy points to tight ends. But Dolchitz would be my favorite one. Then him and then uh, Kate Otten. You know, two of three games now, uh, two games in a row, excuse me, without Cameron Brait. And he's been 10 PPR points in both those games. Um, Six target game, seven target game, five catch game, six catch game. Uh, as you can see right now, the Bucs are struggling to run the ball um, and throwing a lot, and this receiving court could be even worse if Russell Gage is out along with Julio Jones. So, you know, Otten right now looks like the third best pass catcher for Tom Brady, which is not a bad place to be.
0: Dulcich, Irv Smith, Kate Otten. Dave, DSTs you like?
2: I have the Titans at the top of the list. They're 51% available. Commanders, Rams, Bengals after that. None of them I'm in love with.
0: Uh, dro- are we dropping the 49ers? For these guys. Stafford I so is to. I wouldn't want to.
3: Stafford gets sacked all day long when he gets pressure and he turns the ball over all the, all the time as well. So yes. Yeah, it's play good them
0: So no, don't drop. So you're saying don't drop the 49ers. Well, I
3: mean, they have a bye next week. So if you're not comfortable with them, you want to pivot to the Titans. I get that. Um, I'd start them over the commanders, for example. Um, you know, you want to take a chance on the, the Broncos, you know, because they've been consistent. But they have a bye next week, too. You know, so. Just take that for what it's worth.
0: Are the Broncos still available?
3: Uh, No, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the Jaguars. Okay. I said the Broncos. Yeah, I no, the Jaguars
0: the are interesting. I mean, the Broncos, every single DST to face the Broncos has done well. Yeah. But the Jaguars have been just awful the last two weeks. They have basically no pass rush. They have 11 sacks this year, and five of them came against the Colts, who give up, going into last week anyway, they gave up the most sacks in football. So there's are getting no pressure from... Uh, From the Jaguars. All right, Jamie, who are the kickers? Tyler Bass is 67% rostered, so he's not going to make your list. Who are the kickers, though, to look at?
3: Yes, Bass would be the best one to go get. Uh, Jason Saunders against Detroit. uh, Jake Elliott against the Steelers. Greg Joseph against the Cardinals. Matt Gay against the 49ers. And Chase McLaughlin against Washington. Uh, Aside from Elliott, those other guys are all kicking indoors this week, so you don't have to worry about weather.
0: Okay. Dave, you know... There are only two seasons out there, Dave: football season and waiting for a football season. And the best part about this time of year is enjoying all the action with great friends and enjoying the great taste of a Hall of Fame-worthy beer at your side. And that's why win or lose, game time is Miller time. So yeah, you know, I know you're in the office on Sunday; you're not cracking open right. a Miller Light there. But Thursday, Monday, Saturday for college football, get open that fridge, get that Miller Light.
2: You know, it's, it's a different situation. I was at the beach, uh, for dinner with my wife one night last week. And we, we, you know, we're sitting at a bar and looking out at the beach. And I thought to myself, you know what, this would be an awesome place to bring friends and, and have a good time. And there are TVs around and, and, you know, you can go watch games at, at the scenic bar and have a cool Miller light. It, it's, it's low on calories. That matters to me. Um, and it tastes great. Less filling too.
0: Yeah. It tastes like beer, uh, 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounce serving and enjoy the sweet taste of victory with Miller light this football season, the original light beer. And you can pretty much find it anywhere beer is sold or if you want it delivered, go to millerlitecom FFT for delivery options near you. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly Miller brewing company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Let's have a fab talk here. How much fab, Jamie? Gus Edwards, Michael Carter, someone great is on the waiver wire. How much are we spending this week?
3: It's it's so dependent on where you are right now in your in your season, you know. So if you're looking just to solidify your backfield, but you have a pretty good team, you know, you probably don't want to go too crazy about it. Uh, if you're at a yeah. you know worse than three and four record, I would say you have nothing to lose at this point. So probably spend as much as you need to to get somebody who can help you. So I ballpark at about probably twenty percent on average. Um, you know, again, you're talking about Gus Edwards as the Lead running back for Baltimore until at least Week 12. Uh, the the uh, situation for Michael Carter, he could be the best running back for the Jets for the rest of the season. Uh, the Panthers guys, Hubbard over Foreman, you know, you're looking at you know those guys being successful as flex options at best, most likely uh, when everybody's back. So um, I would tier it, you know, from Edwards down to the Panthers guys, and I'd say you know 20-25% there, unless you're stuck, and then you can spend as much as you need to.
0: Okay, and. Any disagreements, Dave, or should we move on?
2: Someone lost Brees Hall in every league. They're desperate for a running back. Get ready to see Gus go for anywhere from 30 to 50% of the fab. He's a must-start running back this week. Might be able to help you for several weeks after. Who cares about the rest of the season? You just lost Brees Hall, and you need to fill him in. He's absolutely going to go for a lot of fab. Uh, The Panthers guys, and Foreman I bet will still be more popular than Hubbard. They'll go next. They're probably going to be in that 20% range that you talked about, Jamie. Carter will probably be there too. I think that's too much for Carter.
0: Okay. So the thing is, you know, it's pretty obvious that we tell you what to spend in fab, but it just takes one person in your league to spend a lot more. So it, you just but if you're
3: desperate, that's the thing. It's right, like, you got to do it. You got to right. go. Right. I mean, there's going to be people desperate for Sam Ellinger, you know, because of Mm -hmm. (laughs) two quarterback and super flex leagues, you know, so it's that type of situation.
0: Who are the shallow league guys that might be available? Maybe like a Tyler Boyd or a George Pickens or something like that, or maybe an Antonio Gibson. I don't know how you guys feel about Gibson. Uh, Who are the shallow league guys? Uh, Jamie, I'll I'll throw this one to you. Dave, you can think about the deep league guys, shallow leaguers that Mm. uh, that we should talk
2: about here.
3: You mentioned two of them. Boyd, since Zach Taylor two weeks ago, said he's going to be more involved. Uh, I believe it's uh, 15 targets in the last two games. and you you know Minimum 12 PPR. Uh, a significant uptick in, in production. Um, George Pickens, every time Kenny Pickett's on the field, he has 61 receiving yards or more. So you know he's been pretty successful with the other rookie on the team with him. Uh, on the same team, Pat Fryermuth, uh, another big game for him, 15 PPR points against the Dolphins. That's now 12 or more PPR points in four of six games, one of those he left with a concussion. So, you know, he's been everything that has been advertised there. Um, Garoppolo, if you still need a quarterback, you know, it's not three games of at least 20 fantasy points. Probably throwing again against the Rams if things hold to form based on how this game could go. Uh, only 15 fantasy points the first time these two teams met. But I can see him getting back over the 20-point threshold again, especially if Debo's healthy. Um You mentioned Antonio Gibson. That's certainly a good one. Uh, You you brought up uh, Garrett Wilson. He's interesting. I don't know how crazy you want to go over him, but uh, if the run game does falter and they are forced to throw more, you have Corey Davis, who knows what his status is, and Elijah Moore in the doghouse. And so maybe Garrett Wilson starts to get a little bit more uh, production with an uptick in targets. So um, I wouldn't necessarily make him a priority add, but I wouldn't necessarily avoid him either if he's been dropped in your league.
0: Uh, also Dalton Schultz, 71% rostered. Yep. I think
2: can't imagine not rostering him. Uh, Dave Deep league guys. Let's start a running back. There's four names. Uh, I think Kyron Williams might be the one I'd gravitate toward the most. He's available in 78% of leagues. Could be the passing downs back for the Rams. That's a team that might end up passing quite a lot because they can't get the run game going. I don't know how long. Craig Reynolds might have as being a thing in Detroit, but after Jamal Williams fumbled last week, I wonder if there's an opportunity for him to see more work, and he's actually been catching a pass or two every few weeks. Obviously, he's not going to play nearly as much once DeAndre Swift comes back. We don't know when that's going to happen. Reynolds is available in 96% of leagues, and Travis Etienne isn't going to get every single carry and every single touch in Jacksonville. Got a lot last week. Behind him on the depth chart, Michael Hasty who's like a low-rent version of Travis Etienne, and Snoop Connor, who's a kind of like a not-as-low-rent version of James Robinson. Physical running back, might be able to cash in on a couple of touchdowns along the way. They're available in 99% of leagues. Paris Campbell at wide receiver. Love him. I know they're changing quarterbacks. Doesn't matter. I think he's still going to see a ton of targets. He's available in 96% of leagues. I would go after him not after the names that we talked about a wide receiver, but if you're in full PPR, he's got to be on your list. Uh, Van Jefferson, coming off of IR, Rams have had a hard time finding a receiver who's good opposite Cooper Cup. You can say Tyler Higby's been that guy. That's fair. But I think Van Jefferson's got a shot to be that guy. And he's available in 92% of leagues. Mm-hmm. The, the only tight end that Dulcich would qualify, right? He's available in 80% of leagues. Mm-hmm. So he would qualify. He's awesome. And Jamie mentioned Kate Otten as well. Who knew? Rookie tight ends. They're the thing, right? They're the studs. Always go after a rookie tight end. Those two off the waiver wire in deeper leagues for sure need to be rostered. And who do you like better, Otten or Dulcich? Dulcich. I've been a Dulcich fan since I watched him at UCLA.
0: Dulcich Deleche, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And, uh, okay, so I'm going to give you four wide receivers that are going to be available in a lot of leagues. The most rostered is Josh Palmer at 25%. Palmer, Paris Campbell, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Van Jefferson. How do you rank those guys? Palmer, Campbell, Peoples-Jones, Van Jefferson.
2: Uh, You're asking, did you say Peoples-Jones for sure? No, Campbell's one for sure. Over DPJ. Oh, yeah. I think it depends on what you need. I think if you need somebody for this week, uh, I kind of feel like Peoples-Jones makes sense. Campbell would yeah, be I'll behind take, him. I'll take
3: Campbell this week for sure.
2: and okay. long. All right. Uh, Van Jefferson is my favorite one long-term.
0: Uh, look, Campbell, we haven't really talked about the, tra- the decision here to go with Ellinger instead of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan had the fewest air yards per pass attempt. He can't throw the ball downfield. And dink and dunk and dink and dunk all day. And Campbell's playing almost every snap, but that was just perfect for him. Uh, you got to think they're going to run the ball more now. I don't know if they're going to be very. Successful. I don't think they were
3: trying not to run the ball. I mean, they weren't. Their th- offensive line's been a disaster.
0: Yeah, their offensive line—they—they they have the third lowest run blocking grade from PFF. Uh, I would really like to get into this, but unfortunately, it's like it's a waiver wire show, and I—I I, I don't want to take too much of a detour. and We should talk about last night's game. Can you guys give me?
3: Well, I mean, he's—he's a, th- he's a the player to add above almost everybody, aside from the running backs, in a super flex or two quarterback. league. We have to talk about
0: him. Paris Campbell. You're talking, oh Ellinger. Actually, yeah. I'm really interested what you think about Jonathan Taylor because I was pretty adamant well, I mean, on, on Sunday night. Well, I have to, I have <laughs> no to apologize. I have to apologize, Dave, because I, on Sunday night I was like, I would definitely take Jonathan Taylor over Ken Walker in full PPR, but I'm not sure I feel that way anymore. I don't, I don't really like this for for anyone. How do you guys feel?
3: You don't like this for anyone?
0: No, not really. Uh, it's a
3: wild card. I mean, Matt Ryan's been awful.
0: Yeah, but let me just explain real quick. Matt Ryan has been awful, but with him, they were running a lot of plays, running up-tempo, throwing a ton of passes, and completing a ton of passes, and it was actually a very good thing for PPR. Uh, When you look at Deion Jackson, 10 catches, right, two weeks ago, Jonathan Taylor, seven catches. So you had that PPR floor even though the offense wasn't that productive. But
3: you're assuming that he can't do that. He might I don't not, think they're going to can't. do
0: that with him. I think they're going to get, try to get back to their roots and run the ball more. Um, I don't personally. think they can. That's the problem. I don't know. You guys talk about it here. What do you, what do you think? Who, whose value goes up? Whose value goes down? Give me your Colts rundown.
3: For me, it's kind of status quo right now until I see it. I'm not panicking about Pittman. I'm still investing in, in Campbell. Uh, I still think Pierce is a hold. You're obviously not getting away from Jonathan Taylor. Hines has kind of been largely disappointing, so we'll see what happens there. So, I mean, I'm I'm not changing my opinion on it until I see it.
2: I think you should panic on Pittman. I think you should panic on Pierce. Uh, Because Campbell is such a short area guy, I wouldn't panic so much on him. Um, Ellinger, good mobility, keeps his eyes downfield. Uh, He's got some velocity when he throws. He doesn't have a cannon. I, I don't think much changes because they they move on from Matt Ryan to Ellinger, except Ellinger can move around the pocket, whereas Matt Ryan is a statue. So he might be able to keep some plays alive. I went back and I saw how was he in college? Like first first thing I did is where did he put the ball? Where did he throw the ball in college? Every year at Texas, at least 70% of his throws went to wide receivers, no more than 15% to running backs. It was single digits. For tight ends, three of the four years there could be a byproduct of the offense. That makes me, not that anybody's excited about Allie Cox or Granson or Jelani Woods, but uh, those guys are going to be no-goes, and I'm a little bit worried about what it means for the running backs moving forward. It's one of the reasons why I'm still okay with Paris Campbell. How was he on passes of 15-plus air yards in 2020? His senior year, completed 34%. 28% of them were off target. It's even lower of a completion rate when you make it 20 air yards downfield. And it, I don't know, I don't think he's a polished passer. I think he's more of a guy that like needs to see somebody open in order to throw it. And if he doesn't see it, then he might scramble or panic or or do whatever. I I think it's going to be a notch down for the, for the Colts offense in general. And I think they are going to try and run the football more and it makes sense for them to run the football more. I just don't know if they're going to be successful doing it because that offensive line's so bad.
0: It is so bad. Uh it's so is Jonathan Taylor. I'll ask the same question or, or uh, somebody asked, I don't remember who it was, that we I had on Sunday night. If you're drafting today, is he a first round pick? Nope. Uh no. Uh, Ken Walker or Jonathan Taylor?
2: Same answer for me, Walker.
0: Um.
3: Yeah, I guess Walker. <laughs> He's just not catching the ball. Taylor at least had seven catches last week.
0: Right. I just, like I said, I, that was just a product of Matt Ryan. We'll um, see how that works out. All right. I got to take a break here. When we come back, news and could news. also thinking they go to Nick Foles.
2: That could happen too. And that could be worse. I mean, there's a reason why Foles is third on the depth chart. Instead well, of
3: that's because they're playing the young guy. I mean, everything you, you, I read yesterday said that they made this move because they wanted the younger player. It has nothing to do with sure. him being but better or worse than Foles. It's what the young
2: guy they've is. had for two years and never put on the field before now.
0: I'm very nervous, very nervous, but I'll regroup after this commercial break. We'll be right back on fantasy football today.
1: Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting technology Marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Don't know if I mentioned this injury as we welcome you back here, but Alan Lazard has a shoulder injury. And Aaron Rodgers said that outside of Lazard and Aaron Jones, there are too many mental mistakes for the Packers. Mike Boone is on IR. Nico Collins. He hates everybody. Yes, he's he's grumpy. That was a Dobbs comment. He's grumpy. Uh, Nico Collins, groin injury. Uh, Daniel Ballinger is going to miss time with an eye injury. Um, Chase Young could start practicing this week for Washington. Atlanta's got a beat-up secondary. Tampa Bay is a beat-up secondary. Blah, blah, blah. We'll give you more of these boring notes later in the week. Chicago, 33. New England, 24. 14. I have 14 in the notes, and I said 24, and I don't know why. Chicago 13. We can New- wish. <laughs> we can wish that Ramondre
2: and Harris had, had another touchdown.
0: Uh, Dave, give me your fantasy
2: takeaways from uh, your biggest ones from this game. The biggest one for me is that Justin Fields doesn't look like a total train wreck anymore. And that the Bears offense is, is taking steps to utilize his mobility, and he's making good throws, and he's making... Some of them seem by design. Some of them seem improvisational. Love that he's rushing a lot. Love that he led the team in rushing. Uh, They had a good game plan, and the Patriots' defense really looked terrible. Did not look like themselves at all. Uh, I would be a little encouraged. For example, in one of my leagues, I I have Josh Allen. I use Justin Fields as my bye week quarterback. That worked out great. Am I in a rush to cut Justin Fields? I'm going to try and trade him first because I'm never starting him over Josh Allen. But I might keep him. Because I think he could end up being, this could be the start of something nice for him where he could be in that 18 to 25-ish range for quarterbacks. And we've seen a lot of quarterbacks falter this year. Here's one that's rising. It's kind of nice.
0: Would you guys rather have Justin Fields, who does have Dallas this week, but then Miami, their secondary is being ripped to shreds. Detroit, Atlanta uh, are the next three games after Dallas. Would you rather have Justin Fields or Aaron Rodgers rest of season?
3: Uh, Justin Fields in four point for pass touchdowns. No, that's easy. Um, Yeah, yeah. I guess I go Fields. There's more upside.
2: I think I would too. And I I feel I feel reactionary over it. But Fields has given you at least eighteen fantasy points in three straight games. Rogers feels like he's slamming into the glass ceiling at twenty. So wh- I don't think there's that much downside. And I don't. This will change if if the Packers do something miraculous like trade for a good wide receiver. If they do that, then obviously I'll take Aaron Rodgers. But Rodgers hasn't been getting it done. His receivers are banged up or stinky. I think Fields is the answer. I really do. Who's the best running back
0: in both of these backfields? Of of the four relevant running backs, who's the best rest of season? Stevens. Yeah, I'll agree with that. You expect a more even split going forward. Stevenson had eleven carries. Harris had four oh. touches all game, and and Stevenson had eight catches.
3: I mean, it's pretty clear that if they're chasing points, it's going to be Stevenson. So, yep. you know, unless time Montgomery comes back and really ruins everything, um, I would I would say Stevenson's got a significant, you know, edge over Harris. But when they're playing with a lead, then Harris probably going to be, have more carries and certainly more touchdown opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter of how you feel about it, every game for them. But as you said, Adam, this is not a great team. Uh, they should have won the game last night. They seem to have a bad game plan. Um, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi both look terrible. So, you know, if their quarterback situation is this bad, then their team's going to be bad across the board.
2: So what do you think the game script is going to be for them in their next three? They've got Jets, Colts, Jets. With run, a run, run. I think that's going to be their plan. Is that how the game's going to go for them?
3: I uh, don't. Well, I mean, the Jets, I don't think, based on certainly what we saw against Denver, um, when Hall got hurt they're not going to run away from the patriots I agree so and
2: then the colts same thing new quarterback suspect d I so gotta speed, I, I got to speed
0: us up I'm sorry guys
2: uh, Yeah I'm just th- that that was a comment about Damian Harris that uh-huh. you shouldn't expect Harris to be in the toilet now just because of this game Okay so you w- be would in you there next would game. you drop him for Gus Edwards or or Foreman I or? would drop him for Gus Edwards Okay uh, and I might uh, I'd, I'd think about it for the Panthers guys I probably would because he's just he is game flow dependent and he's touchdown dependent.
0: Would you drop Jacoby Myers for Wondell Robinson or anyone on waivers? I don't want to. So you don't have to do it. Drop Cesar No, would you drop no. Jacoby Myers for a wide receiver on waivers? Um,
3: if you're not playing Jacoby Myers, I would probably drop him for Wondell.
2: I'd drop him for the running backs.
0: Okay. Okay. Let's uh, do the dropo meter. Ooh. Wait. Hold on. <laughs> Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery. Are you going to rank them as starters this week? It's this could be worst case scenario of a fairly even split.
3: I Montgomery is a uh, lower number right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I hate that.
0: Okay. Now let's fast forward. <laughs> yeah. To the dropometer. meter. Drake, London, and Kyle Pitts, 0-10. to 10. 10 is an absolute drop. Zero is no way. drop meter for London and Pitts.
3: London's a 9, and Pitts is a 5.
2: I was going to say 8 and 6. 8 for London, 6 for Pitts.
0: So sad. Uh, Kenyon, Drake, 84% 55 roster. 55 billion. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll say 0 uh, with a 1 in front of it.
0: Okay. Rashad Bateman, 85% rostered. Two.
2: Uh
0: four. Jared Goff with the Dolphins this week, 70% rostered.
2: Ten. Zero in Superflex, eight in a 12 team league, 10 in a 10 team
0: league. Yeah, you don't have to qu- like nobody's gonna don't drop quarterbacks in super flex. Uh Michael Gallup. What the hell? <laughs>
2: What the hell happened good, good, in that game? Good question.
3: 0 to 10. Uh, Dak turned in the Cooper rush and they ran the ball and played defense.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm ready to give up on Gal. Like I'd rather have Wandale. So, put him at a put him in a 9.
3: I'll say 7.
0: Curtis Samuel 74% rostered. He had eight targets and he had five mm. carries, so Yeah.
2: Curtis Samuel. Uh 5.
3: Uh 10 in non-PPR and Three in PPR.
0: Naeem Hines, 59% rostered.
3: Naeem Hines? Yep. uh, 10 in non-PPR. And five in PPR.
2: You can go higher than that in PPR. He could be a six or a seven. Hunter Renfro,
0: 69% rostered. 10 in PPR. 10 in non-PPR. Eight in PPR. He's... It's a a 10. I had James Robinson on here, but... Nope. I'm going to take nope. that. take him <laughs> off. Uh, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson, 84% rostered. Three. Uh. Eight.
2: Three? Only a three, Dave? You wouldn't drop Wilson for all those guys? I would like to keep him on my bench. All right. For reasons that I don't want to speak. In yeah,
0: I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we'll check in one more time. A deeper look at the waiver wire to end the show. Uh, you can check to see if Jimmy Garoppolo is available against the Rams this week. Do you have him as a as a top 12? Do you have Garoppolo or Daniel Jones or Saints quarterback this week?
3: Uh, Jones, Garoppolo, Dalton for now. It
0: would be Winston, Jones, Garoppolo.
2: I have Dalton, Garoppolo, Jones.
0: All right, Jamie's priorities are Daniel Jones, Justin Fields. We'd rather have Justin Fields' rest of season, but he has Dallas this week. Uh, Jameis Winston, who, if he gets the starting job, would be ahead of Daniel Jones. And then for deeper leagues, Taylor Heineke. The Colts have only allowed five touchdown passes in six games, so this is not an easy matchup. Uh, Davis Mills, he is getting Tennessee, who, man, I was so excited about Matt Ryan this time last week because he was facing Tennessee. Me too. Every quarterback's good against uh, Tennessee except Matt Ryan once. Matt Ryan was actually good once. Sam Ellinger, Malik Willis... In Superflex. Um, Dave mentioned P.J. Walker. Jamie, you did not. Every quarterback who's no, faced the no Falcons, All right. It's the same thing we were saying about the Titans this time last week. Every quarterback who's faced the Falcons have scored 20 or more fantasy points, except Jacoby Brissett. Um, for, I don't know how this is possible, but the Falcons see the second most pass attempts in the NFL. That seems weird to me. But uh, anyway, okay, Jamie's not interested. Dave, what, just a 2QB league guy, P.J. Walker?
2: No, I think he's a streamer this week. I'm I'm starting Saints quarterback. I'm starting Justin Fields ahead of him. I might be talked into Daniel Jones ahead of him too. I don't think he's particularly great. I thought he had a great game last week. Mm-hmm. Something something clicked with this Carolina offense in the passing game. I think I think it was pretty simple. Let's throw more to DJ Moore. Let's get our quarterback on the run a little bit more. He uh, he did well. the offensive line did a pretty good job protecting for him and th- it's a good matchup. It really is.
0: Okay, the running backs, you can take a look for Antonio Gibson or Isaiah Pacheco. I don't know how excited you are about Pacheco. Eight carries, yeah. and then I was on a bye. Uh, and Gus Edwards, so you heard it all before. Gus Edwards, Michael Carter, Panthers running backs, that's Jamie's order. David, sounded like
2: you sort of moved Gus Edwards ahead of the Panthers guys. You know why I did? Because when I got to the discussion of FAB, I I was pretty confident in saying that people are going to go all out to bid on Gus. And so if I'm going to say spend 30% on Gus, but spend 20% on Deontay, then I got to put Gus ahead of Deontay or Deontay. Yeah, Deontay. What the hell's wrong with me? Gus one, uh, Foreman two A, Hubbard two B, or not to be. That's the question. <laughs> uh, Tyler
0: Algier or Latavius Murray? Who would you guys rather have?
3: Uh, Tyler Algier.
2: I would rather have Murray because I think when Cordero comes back, Algier would be all gone. (laughs) Uh, Kyron Williams,
0: 22% rostered. Keontae Ingram and Hasty might have small roles. And that's pretty much it for that. Would you drop Melvin Gordon for Gus? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Would you drop Melvin Gordon for Latavius Murray? Yes. For Latavius? Yeah, I don't want Melvin Gordon on my team. You rather, but he's he. I mean, he was better than Latavius. Well, he had more touches anyway. Hold oh, on, wait. I would I prefer
3: one. neither of them to be honest with you. But uh, if I have to carry one, I would rather carry Latavius Murray. But the Broncos Melvin offense Gordon is broken, and Latavius Murray is 32, and Melvin Gordon is 30, and they're just terrible. They should, they, you know, they honestly, if they want to try and salvage their season, go trade for Kareem Hunt. Maybe he could be your guy next year. Go trade for Cam Akers. Maybe he could be your guy next year until Javante's ready to go. Um, there, there, you know, there's opportunities for this team to try and maybe address some of their their woes in the backfield. Melvin Gordon we'll and Latavius Murray not it.
2: They just got Marlon Mack. He's that's true. Another retread. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe he's the answer for them. Another retread coming back from an Achilles. Jamie, I was going to ask you, Melvin Gordon, or a chop steak from a New York diner.
3: <laughs> the steak from the diner.
2: <laughs> Uh, All right, let's talk about
0: wide receivers in shallower leagues. Tyler Boyd, George Pickens. Rondell Moore is interesting. You know, he barely played in the slot in week seven, and he has to play in the slot because it's been a very productive spot for fantasy. I I say it over and over again for the... Didn't they use Hopkins there more? Isn't that what we saw? uh,
3: Probably. They they didn't play Robbie enough, and then they got away from A.J. Green.
0: That's what I was thinking, like Robbie would play outside and then Moore would go back inside. But is he more of a drop or an ad? if you see him available, Rondell Moore?
2: Add. I don't believe it. I'll say drop.
0: Would you rather have Rondell Moore, Garrett Wilson, or George Pickens?
3: Pickens by far. Um, But I would go Pickens, Moore, Wilson.
2: Pickens, the chop steak, um, I'll, I'll take Wilson over Moore. The
3: slot, the slot receiver for the Cardinals knows what you're referencing, Adam. Yeah. Is, but between Greg Dortch and Rondell Moore, four of seven games where it was 13 or more PPR points. So uh, they need to play him there. Yes, if they're going to not play him there, then absolutely you should be avoiding him. But I, I don't think a game where their defense scored two touchdowns and Kyler Murray's pass attempts, which had been way, way up, uh, come back down in that game. And they run the ball for the first time all season. That's not the norm for the Cardinals. The Cardinals are going to be thrown a lot. And hopefully, Rondo Moore gets back to being what he was.
0: I didn't think about the Hopkins aspect, though. If Hopkins was played played more in the slot, then yeah, he played twenty. It's, he played about almost fifty percent of his snaps in the slot.
2: Yeah, I wonder if that's going to remain a thing. And I'm telling you, I think they love that they can run the ball with Eno. Now they were able to do it against New Orleans. New Orleans was tired. Circumstances, circumstances. They've got Minnesota this week. Is that a dominant run defense? Let's see. No. if there's no Connor, Eno's going to be a great start. And I wonder if that hurts the pass attempts for Kyler Murray again. I think the Cardinals could stand it. And their defense has been playing better. Do you want this, to say this is an interesting situation? We were going from talking about Cliff being like potentially fired, and the Cardinals are suddenly turning it around. Um, maybe it's just from one game, and I'm getting a little too excited over it. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with them. And I'm, I'm wondering if Moore is going to get kind of put into a complementary role now more than anything else.
0: Uh, just one thing on Pickens, not saying you shouldn't pick him up. Just be aware. I, if you're not going to start him this week at the Eagles, and then he's got to buy after that. So right. just it's maybe more of a long-term play. All right. Wandale Robinson, Paris Campbell. Oh, we haven't talked about Marquise Goodwin. And he caught two touchdowns against he did. the Giants. What do you guys think yeah, about Marquise he, Goodwin?
2: He was playing alongside Lockett and Metcalf in the first quarter. And then when Metcalf left, he basically was their outside receiver. I think he played like 90 something percent of the snaps outside. I would imagine that he'll be the guy playing that role while DK's there, but he's not uh, the he's as fast if not faster than DK, but I mean he's so much smaller. It's really hard to trust him. He's I, I would call him a bye week replacement wide receiver.
0: I got to be honest with you. I think I'm a little surprised that you. maybe it's just because of talking about the waiver wire, and it's, I'm not really getting a feel for how you actually feel about him, but I'm a little surprised about the enthusiasm for Paris Campbell, who just, I mean, this is his, what, fourth, fifth year in the league?
2: Oh, he's I guess totally he's me. been beat up a ton, right?
0: Yeah, I guess, but...
2: I, it's I,
3: back-to-back I, games with double digits and targets. I don't think this offense is changing very much. They're going to try, but I don't think it's changing very much.
2: Is he your number He's not your number one receiver.
3: Today. No, he's number two. behind
0: Wanda.
2: I hate the way I, receivers I, I love weeks. Paris. I've loved him a long time. I don't have him that high either. Hey. He'd be third at best.
0: Doesn't Josh Palmer have more potential than these guys? I mean, at least while Mike Williams is out, I get it. When, what will, well, you it. know, in, in
3: comparing some of these situations, I agree with you. Palmer's got an opportunity here, but two things, one, he's not going to play the same role. Mike Williams played. So they're going to have to be a little creative in how they use those guys. Yep. And two, while it's a week to week injury or multiple weeks for Mike Williams, it might be one game missed. Yeah. You know they have a bye this week. He might miss week nine. Maybe he's back week ten. You know I, I don't fair. know how much staying power there is there.
0: Totally fair. Okay. And uh, what are your expectations for Van Jefferson?
3: I mean, last year he had eighty-nine targets, fifty catches, uh, just over six hundred yards receiving, and a touchdown or six touchdowns. No, no, eight hundred yards receiving, fifty catches, eight hundred yards receiving, and six touchdowns.
0: That so was he way average. Nine wait. That that was his season, yeah. Wow, that is incredibly. Because all I did was the eight games after Robert Woods got hurt, and he basically did the, That was almost his exact seventeen game pace. That is really creepy. Anyway, he he stunk.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, he's not no, going to be a league one.
3: Fifty eight hundred two and six on eighty nine targets.
2: That's he, almost he will be, exactly the seventeen he, game pace. Weird. He he's a weak winner. He's a week to week winner, but not so.
3: Weak a no guarantee plays this week. Um, so they, de- they designated him off IR to return. So there still could be a three-week window without him. Um, this team obviously is not the same team that we saw last year. So you know, expect probably not as good production. Uh, but in his final seven regular season games, three of those he had 14 or more PPR points. So there'll be some good moments. There'll be some disappointing moments. You'll never know when to trust them. But if you have an IR spot, you should absolutely pick him up and see what happens.
0: Okay, how about uh, Romeo Dobbs, drop or hold with the Lazard injury? Drop. Goodbye. Darius Slayton,
3: 8%. Uh, deep Leagues, you could pick him up. Especially if there is no... Um, if there is no... Uh, Wando. Wando.
0: Uh, Corey Davis. No, he's hurt. He might play this week. but That's no. great. Okay. All no. right, tight ends. The shallow guys are Friarmuth, Higby, and Schultz. Not bad options there. Dulcich, Dulcich or Herb Smith for this week?
3: I believe uh, I still held, Belch. uh
0: Still Dulcich. Herb That's Smith. Cool. Yeah, I mean, gosh, Arizona is just so bad. Now, Arizona has faced Kelsey, Waller, Higby, and Goddard. But also two touchdowns to to Jawan Johnson. Uh, George, Jordy Fortson and Taysom Hill caught touchdowns against them. You
3: can you can get a very similar stat line from Irv Smith that you got his last game, which was four catches and a touchdown and seven yards.
2: <laughs> touchdown or bust tight end? Uh,
0: Kate Otten, pretty, I think, nice PPR floor. And then if those guys aren't available, which would, which would be surprising because at least two of them should be Harrison Bryant and Jawan Johnson himself and Tyler Conklin could be available.
3: So Bryant's interesting because again, the leaving seven targets per game on the table. And clearly that's a position Jacoby probably leaned on and Johnson. While last week may have been the best game of his life. And you could say that that will never happen again. I agree. But the week before he had six targets and four catches for 41 yards. Um, and Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Adam Troutman might be out again. And we've seen the Raiders give up production at tight ends this season. So not a bad hold if you did pick him up last week.
2: Does it bug you that so much of his production came in garbage time?
3: Um, with the way that the Saints are playing right now, I would not be surprised if there's garbage time again.
0: Uh, how about Ingram? You didn't have him on your list. Is it the matchup? 61% rostered. Evan?
1: Yeah.
3: Um, it's the matchup. It's the lack of touchdowns. It's kind of you know what you're getting. So I, I think there's a lot more upside with several of these guys. So he's not a top 12 tight end for me this week.
2: Okay. He's he's boring. He's 9 or 10 PPR points. He's got some good matchups after this week. Yeah, great, great after this week. If you want to look ahead. So he's like in the streaming conversation. Maybe you've been using him. Pivoting to Dulcich is easy to do. It's a, I think it's a smart move for this week. You might have to go and scramble for another tight end next week. So a lot of effort coming on here, but that's that's the name of the game when it comes to streaming tight ends.
0: Okay, just to point out, Dulcich played one game with Russell Wilson, and he had three targets. Yeah, you know, I will. I, I, I think he out-targeted Cortland Sutton by a pretty wide margin in this game, right? I mean, isn't that going to change with, with Russell Wilson back?
3: Maybe. Yeah, but I don't know if Judy's targets did the same, so Russ and Judy just not on the same page.
2: I'm just happy to have a tight end who's playing a lot, who's got some explosiveness to his game. He's not a slug out there at all. He's he's a moving tight end. He is exactly the type of tight end that you're looking for in fantasy football.
0: It's a pretty good dull situation. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. I could go all. Like, I,
0: I, got, I got a bunch of those. <laughs> DSTs, Titans, Colts, Bengals, Jaguars, Commanders, Kickers, Jason Sanders, Jake Elliott, Greg Joseph, Matt Gay, Chase McLaughlin. We'll see you tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for hanging around. No ADPs. Us.
2: You got any? Yeah. Who you got? Uh, Jalen Hawkins, if he's healthy for Atlanta. And Ryan Neal, defensive back for Seattle. He's been great at the basketball. I'm going to mess with number
0: one streamer, Daniel Jones. All right, we'll talk to you all later. Thanks, everybody. See you.
4: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.